What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. We'll do it live. Fuck it. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, June 7, 2022. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 506 of the Biden-Harris administration, 150 days until the 22 midterms. I'm on Instagram, the Bob Seska is my handle, fun weird stuff over there, and on Twitter, uh, the fun stuff and weird stuff on Twitter, too. Bob Seska underscore go. And you can follow Buzz Burbank at Michael J. Elston on Twitter, link in the description. And look, he's sitting right over there, too. It's it's just Sudafed. It's not like I'm taking it to a school. <laughs> they think I'm they think I'm planning a mass decongesting. <laughs> Hi yeah. Bob. Hi, Hi everybody. Hi, how are you? Uh, he's Bob. I'm Buzz, and uh, we're pretty excited today. Uh, we just found out we're running the concession stand at the January six hearing. So popcorn, <laughs> big peanuts, money, big money, ice right cold there, beer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The uh, the live primetime insurrection hearings do start on Thursday of this week. Yay. Uh, Congressman Jamie Raskin says these hearings will, and, and I quote, blow the roof off the house. <laughs> That's It's got to be true because they've just been picked up by Netflix. <laughs> they back the winners. Yeah. Uh, okay, now is it or is it not a coincidence that Pride Month would begin with a week-long tribute to a queen? Does that... <laughs> Oh, my, oh, my. And so Elizabeth <laughs> Elizabeth now has occupied the throne for 70 years. Wow. Uh, historians say this could have been avoided with more fiber. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? Here's, here's how dumb I am. Uh, uh, I've been driving around all my friends' houses the last couple of months to warn them about gas prices. <laughs> so Republicans don't want to talk about guns. Uh, so instead, they're focusing on inflation in this election year. Mm-hmm. Uh, their complaint is inflation is cutting into their ammunition budgets. <laughs> so sad, isn't it? Sad, sad for them. Very uh-huh. sad. Yeah. Now, this was a surprise. I didn't see this coming. A British Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, survived a vote of no confidence yesterday. Wow. But they made him promise to fix his hair. <laughs> it's about damn time. <laughs> uh, the U.S. Postal Service is out with a new stamp featuring former First Lady Nancy Reagan. Mm-hmm. Here's why I don't think it'll be very popular. It, it's not one of those self-adhesive stamps. You gotta lick it. Alright. Starting out the week with a great Rocky Mountain mic. Yeah. I love this one. Such a classic. Yeah. Gotta call 
Big lie, my, my favorite part right there. Rocky Mountain Mike, Rocky MNT and Mike on Twitter. <laughs> Go there and get get scolded by Mike, why don't you? It's a rite of passage. <laughs> it is indeed. Everyone should do it. I He's know. a national national. No, I, I have not yet been scolded this month. I'm uh you know. keep a calendar on that, do you? Uh yeah, we're gonna be talking uh and hearing a lot about the big lie in the week ahead. Oh I'm, I'm, yeah. I think we're all very excited uh, and nervous about the, the hearing Thursday. Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, the Select Committee holding a hearing to provide the American people with a summary of their findings about the coordinated multi-step effort to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Apparently, as you said, Jamie Raskin says it's going to blow the roof off the place. I hope he's not... <laughs> I hope he's not overplaying his hand when it comes to expectations. I, I don't I don't think so. And yeah. I've been reading, you know, some of the planning and they're still putting this thing together even at the last minute. But uh, I like what I've seen of the framework so far. And I know we're going to talk about this uh, perhaps uh, in more detail later in the show. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'd like to say right up front, uh, a lot of people don't know this. This presentation on television uh-huh. is being produced by uh, the former uh, president of ABC News. Does that mean uh, the uh, the Olsen uh, twins a, will be on the... A, no, no. <laughs> oh, it's ABC what, News. What, I thought you were yes, talking about the, ABC from Network. The, from the news division, uh, but, but he is a television, an experienced television producer good, good. In, in the field of news. And so I believe that along with the Democrats, uh, he, he's put together, and with the committee, which is bipartisan, we have mm-hmm. to keep reminding people of that. Yeah. Uh, with the committee, he has, uh, I think, helped them put together a very, very compelling show. I understand there'll be big revelations in each of the six hearings. Excellent. Very much looking forward to that. And that'll be followed by the Battle of the Network Stars. No, wait, that was... Right. That was that was in the seventies. Um, Fox News not carrying the hearings uh, yeah. because they're cowards. The bubble has to be maintained, of course, and no actual information can break through the bubble. It occurred to me the other day that what Fox News is is a twenty-four hour a day reality show. It's based on real yes. events, but the things that they talk about don't really happen the way they talk about them. So right. it is very much like a reality show where they take things that actually occur in people's lives and then contrive them using writers and editors and directors and television magic to make it into something that it's not. Well, and I so think it's important. Go. I think it's important that we realize uh, it's not just what. 
Fox tells. It's not just the lies they tell. Yeah. It's what they don't tell. It's what they don't say. And mm -hmm. not carrying these hearings is part of not saying it. That's also, right. of course, they know their name's going to come up a lot in these hearings. They are one of the subjects of these hearings. Uh, you know, it's uh, sort of understandable why they wouldn't carry it. Uh, but it's all the more reason they are not a news network. Do you think the information at, especially this first hearing, because this is going to be the highest uh, ratings of uh, all of the hearings since it's the very first one, it's prime time. Do you think this is going to break through the partisan thing? Like, oh, this is just the Democrats on a partisan witch hunt. And I'm talking about not necessarily with the Red Hats. Obviously, Republicans are all going to be watching Fox right. News Channel or something else. They're not going to be paying attention to this. What I'm talking about are the folks, you know, the people, as I always kind exactly. of define them the people out there driving their kids to soccer and going to the grocery store exactly and working their jobs etc i hope the committee reads jennifer rubin a columnist for the washington post who mm -hmm. Uh, maybe the smartest person in journalism. Yeah, uh, she yeah. wrote a brilliant article this week outlining, uh, first of all, that uh, the committee must address two audiences, uh, the general public. And as you just said, she pointed out uh, the Republicans are going to be in their corner and the Democrats are going to be in their corner. This is for everybody. This is a show for everyone. And I, one of the things I want us to do, I'm, I plan to do this and, and feel free to join me, please, uh, to promote this over the next couple of days as perhaps the most important television show of your life. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I think, I don't, I don't think we can overhype the importance of it. And I don't think you're going to be disappointed. You're not going to, I don't think you're, I'm, I'm almost positive there will be no post Mueller type disappointment. I'm almost positive there'll be no post uh, impeachment one or impeachment two disappointments. Yeah. I, I think this one's going to stick. Uh, lessons have been learned from past attempts to pursue justice for Donald Trump. And uh, this is, I think you're going to see the results of these lessons learned this time. Well, hopefully it won't be like the last season of Game of Thrones, speaking of important television <laughs> shows. Hopefully it'll be a little better than that. And I'm confident that it will be, especially for anyone who's paying attention to it. And as I said, I, I really hope that regular people decide, all right, this is worthwhile yes. to, to check out. And they take it seriously and they don't take it as if it's oh, just the Democrats making shit up because they're so accustomed to that being, you know, as far as outsiders go, as far as people who don't pay attention to politics 24-7 like we right. do, I think their general demeanor is... Oh, all those people who talk about politics, all they ever do is it's their team versus the other team. And it's frustrating to know that. <laughs> but and the, I, yes, hope this, but I hope this breaks through that wall, that barrier. The lawmakers and their counsel, their legal counsel, and the television producer involved are all very much aware of this fact. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're, they're aiming for this thing. Uh, Jennifer Rubin went on to list a, a handful of uh, pieces of advice uh, for the committee, what they needed to do to succeed here. Mm -hmm. And and the first thing was to establish the credibility and bipartisanship Good. of this panel. It it has to be made clear to the public up front. And one of the ways she says they can do that, and they already have planned to do this, by the way, Kinziger is going to wrap the thing up in, in Game 6. Wow. Uh, nice. <laughs> if you don't mind me calling it Game 6. Yeah. Uh, but, but Kinziger will be there to wrap things up. Liz Cheney will play a prominent role. The Republicans, the two Republicans on this nine-member panel will be given prominent roles throughout these hearings. Uh, much of the testimony that will be presented will be from Republicans. Viewers will be attracted by 
by the uh, video appearances of Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner. Uh, this is a show, ladies and gentlemen, and it's a story. They're going to lay out a story. And the first uh, night, this Thursday night, is really going to be about something that we just heard about in the news yesterday, and that is the involvement of the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. Uh, they were they actually led the charge on this yes. and appear to have been in contact with Republican members of Congress and people associated with the White House. Mm -hmm. So this this story will, I think, come together pretty quickly. But uh, And there will be never-before-seen footage, including some of the video testimony. But uh, they're going to try to make this bipartisan by having a lot of Republicans do a lot of the talking. Yeah. And, and, and legal counsel will do a lot of the talking. The lawmakers are there to sort of hang back and be nonpartisan, to, to stay out of the way because they don't want this to be a Democratic product. Mm -hmm. By the way, you mentioned the Proud Boys. Henry... I love when they do this. Henry Enrique Tario, the uh, former longtime chairman of the extremist group Proud Boys, was indicted on a new federal charge of seditious conspiracy with four top lieutenants on Monday. I, you know what? I don't like this notion of referring to these thugs as having lieutenants. Yeah. To me, that aggrandizes them too yeah. much. That gives in, them a in, stature of rank, which is in, hind ridiculous. in hindsight. In hindsight, I wish we hadn't called some of these right-wing groups like in Washington and Oregon and Idaho, places like that. I wish we had never referred to them as militias. Oh, I know. Because they aren't. It's a group of punks in the woods with some guns. Yeah, weekend warriors. Uh, yeah. Th that is not a militia. It is certainly not a well-organized militia. Uh, and we've given them too much credibility by even giving them that much. So mm -hmm. I'm with you on lieutenants, certainly. I prefer cosplay. I prefer playing dress em up I Right, right, not, right. Not me per. I'm saying. No, I know I refer, what you're saying. For those terms. You prefer those. You prefer those terms. Although I think you've done your share. That's right. Oh. <laughs> the charges expand the Justice Department's allegations of organized plotting uh -huh. to oppose through violence the certification of uh, Joe Biden's election victory, culminating the attack on the uh, on the Capitol on January 6, twenty twenty one. So that's bad news for Henry uh, is. Enrique Tario. Let's talk about just how bad that news is. And, yeah. and Rachel Maddow did a great job last night of explaining this. Uh, Seditious conspiracy is very, very, very hard to prove in court. It's yeah. a very hard conviction to get. Mm -hmm. Previous attempts by feds to get this uh, sort of conviction on seditious conspiracy charges have been struck down by juries because it's that hard of a sell. So why would... Justice Department prosecutors go out on this limb that they've broken off accidentally so often. Yeah. Why would they go out there one more time? Because this time they're damn sure they've got it. Yeah. This this they wouldn't they wouldn't waste their time on a charge they thought there was even a 50% chance they could lose. Yeah. They believe there's a greater than 50% chance that they will win this case and therefore they've decided to take this bold move for all of you who tend to criticize the Justice Department. Yeah. Uh, this, this is a big, big deal. And I know... I know we're going to talk later about uh, subpoenas and, 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 and but uh, <laughs> the reason, I, I, I think I, I want to head this off by saying uh, the reason I think Meadows and Scavino were not charged uh, criminally mm -hmm. with contempt of Congress is because more serious charges await them, namely seditious conspiracy interesting are you is this dun, dun, is, is this your yeah right is this your theory or is this or well is this, it's not is this something you've read it's, it's not it's it's not it's something i've read it's not my theory but it's a theory i have adopted it makes sense to me yeah. the reason they haven't pursued this more minor charge of contempt 
uh, is not because of any fear of uh, failing with the case, because they have something else in mind for Mr. Meadows and Mr. Scavino. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's what I, this is exactly what I wanted to hear, because I yeah. was not very happy with this of news course, the other none day. Of us were. I don't think any you know, of us are. were. Our gut yeah. reaction to it was, oh, my God, what were they thinking? Well, maybe this is what they were thinking, and yeah. I think there's a good chance this is correct. Okay, so with Peter Navarro, whiny, whiny Peter Navarro. Stop whining. Oh, my yeah. God. why did, They Shut knocked up. on my door early in the morning, and they came in. Why, oh, why? Why are they picking on me? Sad. So sad. It's such a yeah. sad little man. But he was uh, indicted the other day. He yep. was... <laughs> I loved reading that he was in federal custody. Whenever there's a Trump insider, someone who was inside the Oval Office. I mean, this is this investigation has now landed squarely inside the Oval Office. But right. this grand jury subpoena appears to be investigating the insurrection directly. This doesn't have to do with the congressional side of this. That right. So we're talking about two separate things that are kind of linked uh, through Donald Trump and through the insurrection and the big lie. This is the Department of Justice investigating the insurrection and the reason why that subpoena was important. This is just uh, whatever it was uh, a couple of weeks ago. The reason why this is so important is it puts the DOJ's investigation of the insurrection Inside the Oval Office. Yes. That's absolutely. a big fucking deal. Glenn Kirshner was on Stephanie Miller and other places talking about yes. how this is the first real indication that the DOJ and this grand jury that's been impaneled are investigating actively the role of the White House in the insurrection. And now that we're inside the Oval Office, it's only a couple of hops to Donald Trump. And remember, this subpoena has to do, partially at least, with communications between Peter Navarro, huh? Here's my stinger again. Peter Navarro and Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's they, good news. That's all the, great news. These hearings will tie Trump directly to the riot, mm -hmm. directly to the violent insurrection yeah. on the Congress of the United States. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, to attempt to thwart it and to attempt to defraud uh, the U.S. government and the American people. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it very interesting. I You know, I don't know. Again, the grand jury, uh, this is a grand jury indictment you were talking about. Uh, the other is directly from DOJ prosecutors. So it's uh, sort of from different angles. And one comes from a jury as opposed to prosecutors so uh you know they may be separate they may be connected it's it's difficult to say but i believe the committee will uh you know draw those dots together draw those lines together in the upcoming hearings oh goody 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 i can't wait meantime uh great news coming out of fulton county georgia yep. Fonnie willis who i'm i'm rooting for Fonnie's <laughs> investigation down there because this is as far as I'm concerned, this shows the most likely avenue for Donald Trump Absolutely. to face justice for uh, what is obvious election fraud. I mean, we talk all, about it. If all else were to fail, and I don't think all else will, but if all else were to fail, this will prevail. This will succeed. Yes. I think this is a, a massive conspiracy to commit election fraud, and I think we need to start talking about it in those terms. We use the term uh, insurrection, big lie, etc. But what this is, at its heart, what Donald Trump tried to do after the 2020 election was a conspiracy to commit election fraud. And we have 
have another story along those lines here in just a second. But Fonnie Willis's investigation of Donald Trump about him asking for what it was mm-hmm. uh, eleven thousand votes, etc. His effort to commit election fraud down there now expands to include Lindsey Graham. Yes, <laughs> as it should. We know Lindsey was involved in this. Yeah, Lindsey Graham. On his, on his own behalf and on behalf of the president. Yes. So he's right in the middle of all of this, this big shitstorm. And my question is, how many of these idiots are going to go to prison in defense of Donald fucking Trump? It's astonishing to me that they're like Peter Navarro is willing to stonewall Congress. He may even be willing to stonewall his grand jury in D.C. in order to defend Donald Trump. Right. I just, I can't get beyond that. I can What is it about Trump that makes these people want to sacrifice their free lives he to was, defend he, him? He was sent to us by Jesus and JFK. <laughs> right. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, according to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, Graham, a Republican from South Carolina, asked Raffensperger in November, this is uh, November of 2020, whether the Secretary of State had the power to throw out all mail-in ballots in certain Georgia counties, a move that could potentially have tipped the state and its 16 electoral votes to Donald Trump in the November election. Boy, sticking their necks right out. And that's yeah. that's not the only appendage they're sticking out in the name of Donald Trump. <laughs> the interesting thing about Lindsey Graham, I think, is you've seen him. We've all seen him vacillate to sort of from one side to the other. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, speaking from my own personal experience on a much smaller scale, yeah. and now speaking on behalf of Lindsey, when you play two ends against the middle, they might crush you in between. <laughs> uh, and and I think that's where, where Lindsey finds himself uh, now. And we're reading, of course, in the last 24 hours that more and more Republicans are uh, voters and politicians jumping off the Donald Trump bandwagon as uh, we see more convictions, as we see more people nailed. uh, We'll also see more people come forward hoping to minimize their penalties uh, for this. Uh, And uh, I'm just I'm so excited about the hearings. I've been reading and reading about what we might expect in in these hearings uh, Mm -hmm. coming up and how they're being formatted, what we know so far about the structure of them. And I I'm, I have even more reason to be excited about uh, being seated in front of the TV. I, it's important, I think, uh, too, for uh, even if you can't watch the whole thing, turn it on and leave it on because those ratings will matter. We want to reward the networks that carry this show. There will be no advertising, right? but we want to reward them with numbers, with ratings numbers, uh, to assure them that they were doing the right thing by airing these hearings. I don't want any of these networks to go, well, the ratings were a little weak on that last one. I think we're going to pull out now. Don't let that happen. Yeah. Uh, turn it on, leave it on. Leave the house if you want to. I wouldn't recommend it. But but by all means, turn it on and leave it on because that's another way for us to send a message uh, about our interest in this. I don't want to turn ugly suddenly on on this because I am much like you very much looking forward to this but my only question is why only two primetime hearings uh, given the extreme historical and uh, an awful nature of what it is they're investigating it seems like more than two hearings uh, I know there are several hearings that are going to happen during the day right but why not bump some of those hearings up into prime time i guess um, this is a matter of networks not wanting to cover it more than two right. hearings uh, I don't, maybe I, that's you know, it. I, don't, 
I don't think the committee wants to overtax the American public or the networks uh, if they make those two prime time hearings dynamic mm. enough. And I believe they will with the help of an experienced television news producer. Yeah. Uh, if they make them dynamic enough. And remember also uh, that although it was a different time uh, technologically and, and, and psychologically, uh, the Watergate hearings, many of them aired during the day as well. Not mm -hmm. all of them were in prime time. And people found a way to watch them anyway. Yeah, yeah. This must be a, a trip down memory lane for you. <laughs> yes, it, it, everything it, is it old is. and new again. Yeah, It is. Because there have been so many technological advances, these hearings will be quite different than uh, the Watergate hearings yeah. that, that we've seen so far. Right. And funny we should mention Watergate because we have I something know. to talk about that a little later. That's too. right. John Dean, that <laughs> yes. rat. Um, we're yeah. going <laughs> to talk about the latest episode of Gaslit after the break Good. because... Good. It really focused on Gordon Liddy in prison, and it was some yeah. of the most compelling storytelling in this entire miniseries, which, by the way, is outstanding. If you're not watching Gaslit, I believe it's on the Stars Network. Yes. You should be watching it because it is uh, here's, it's here's as timely as today's headlines in many ways, but it's a really uh, interesting and insightful examination of I, that period of time. Yeah. I think I think they're still offering this. Stars was offering uh, like $1.98 a month starter for three months so right so for two bucks a month for three months and then of course they would raise the price and charge a credit card i plan to bail because there's really nothing else on stars i'm interested in seeing <laughs> but so you could do that you could subscribe for a short uh, trial period mm -hmm. at like two you know four bucks whatever however long it takes you to watch the series yeah and and then cancel and uh, have the benefit of seeing this i it, it's one of the most compelling television shows i've ever seen yes. i am riveted to the show i love it i love the the tone of it it and everything. So yeah, we're excited to talk about the Liddy part. Yes, because Buzz and I both worked with G. Gordon Liddy at WJFK yeah. in Washington, D.C., well, technically Fairfax, Virginia, but right. uh, in the early 90s, for me, I mean, it was well, one year for me. You had a much, long, a much longer <laughs> run at that uh, radio station, uh, but we both had enough time there to yes, experience Liddy yeah. firsthand and oh, all of his yes. quirks and weirdness and his uh, obsession with Hitler Which, and Nazi and, and guns. And Bob and I are both giving that another thought after what we saw this week. Yeah, oh, holy shit. Oh, my God. I, I'm learning that I had every reason to fear him. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that uh, coming up here on the show. But I wanted to add something here about Georgia because uh -huh. yes. we got this story from the Washington Post indicating that the Trump campaign knew what they were doing with the fake electors was illegal. They mm -hmm. had an understanding that this was not on the level, that this was hinky, what they were doing with coming up up with these fake electors, especially in Georgia, where a staffer for Donald Trump's presidential campaign instructed Republicans, again, according to the Washington Post, planning to cast electoral college votes for Trump in Georgia, despite Joe Biden's victory, right. to operate in, quote unquote, complete secrecy, an email attained by the Washington Post shows. I must ask for your complete discretion in this process, wrote Robert, <laughs> the name is great, Robert Sinners. You know, I maybe I should change my my radio name to that. I want to be Bob Sinners. <laughs> Bob Sinners. <laughs> Bob Sinners, the campaign's election operations director for Georgia the day before 
the 16 Republicans gather at the Georgia Capitol to sign uh, certificates declaring themselves duly elected. You told them yeah. not to even tell the, the, their own Capitol police officers, not to tell right. anybody about yes. their plans. Again, I can't repeat this enough. This is a massive election fraud conspiracy. Quote, it is. your duties are imperative to ensure the end result, a win in Georgia for President Trump, but will be hampered unless we have complete secrecy and discretion. Right. Holy shit. To right. me, and that's knowledge of guilt, isn't it? Exactly. That's what prosecutors present to juries as a knowledge of guilt, as yes. consciousness. They have phrase, and I think you know the Latin for this, but it's consciousness of guilt. Right, right. Well, that's it. I think that's all you need right there. And yeah, email, yeah. documentary evidence showing that campaign operatives, I mean, I assume all the way up to Donald Trump. I and mean, we have to always assume that Donald Trump has his hand in every pie yeah, because Donald yeah. Trump loves to micromanage. So this is something that I'm sure he was involved in on some oh, level. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. It, this is all coming together at the same time. This Proud Boys indictment, the hearing mm -hmm. coming up Thursday, this revelation about the memo, we're going to keep it keep it secret, yeah. uh, which presents knowledge of guilt. Uh, this is all coming together at the same time. And you mentioned Glenn Kirshner earlier, mm -hmm. a former federal prosecutor, and he uh, is optimistic. I've seen him pessimistic over the past few months. Me I've too. seen him critical of the Justice Department over the past few months. I see what I've seen now on Twitter is a very excited and optimistic Glenn Kirshner. And I'm telling you, because I feel this way, if Glenn Kirshner is excited about this and has confidence in this, by gosh, so do I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he's, you know, he's willing to call it the way he sees yes. it. And it's... Yeah. And it's not one of those things where he's always Mr. Happy about right, everything right. that's going on. He's right, right. sometimes Mr. Very Unhappy. Mm. So uh, before we take a break here, real quick, we got to talk about Louis Gohmert. Uh, since we're talking <laughs> about Republican crimes, uh, Louis Gohmert, I believe this is on Newsmax or one of those bargain bin versions, a generic Fox News version of uh, if, a if network, whatever you want to call if you're, it. If you're, if you're having trouble uh, picturing him, Louis Gohmert is a bald man who looks like a cartoon mouse. <laughs> yes, he looks like a melon with a mouth is what he looks like. <laughs> and he was on this show. Well, let me just, I'm going to play the tape because this, right. uh, this is classic Gohmert. This is going on his best of album. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Here we go. Yo, Jay, actually coming after now. Trump administration yeah, officials John, for their failure to comport with this. So we're, ta we're talking about Peter Navarro, especially here. Political committee. Yep. It, it actually puts an exclamation point on the fact that we have a two-tier justice system. Uh, if you're a Republican, you can't even lie to Congress <laughs> or lie to an FBI agent or what? they're coming after you. They're going to bury you. <laughs> They're going to put you in the D.C. jail and terrorize and torture you and not live up to the Constitution there. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. can't Republicans? Republicans can't even lie to the FBI anymore, Bob. What has this world come to? Yes, everything's falling apart. Lying to the FBI, they're coming after you. If you're a Republican, you can't <laughs> even distribute child porn or they're coming uh -huh. after you. That's right. If you're a Republican, you can't even be a sexual predator or, or no. they're, they're coming after you. They're going to yes. torture you and put you in the jail. <laughs> you can't even invade and occupy the Capitol or they're coming after you. Yes, of course they are. God damn the whining. Stop whining. The whining. <laughs> So much whining from these so-called, I should say, alleged 
alpha Republicans. You just, can't even lie to the FBI anymore. Just just keep saying that over and over in your head until you, you've, it's, you've absorbed it properly. What's the world coming to? Holy exactly. shit. Okay. Uh, well, Yeah, they put you in the D.C. jail where uh, G. Gordon Liddy spent some time. That's right. And maybe you can clarify for me. He had this whole thing about the nomenclature in terms of how you refer to prison or jail oh, yes, or yes. penitentiary and what an yes. inmate oh, was. Oh, yeah. Thank you con. for feeding me that. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I'll be ready. I'll be ready for okay, that. Okay. Goody, goody, goody. All right. Well, <laughs> if the pandemic was a total disaster for your finances, you probably upped the balances on your credit cards, just needed a little extra cash. And if my guess is correct, you're paying the top allowable interest rate on that debt. So why not refinance your credit cards? right now into a super low interest rate and save a ton of money each and every month. Here's how you do it. With Lightstream, you can roll all your cards into one low payment at a fixed rate as low as 4.98% APR, and that's with auto pay and excellent credit. That's way lower than most cards. I know you're probably paying around 19% APR right now. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000, and there are absolutely no fees. And just for my listeners, you can apply now and get a special interest rate discount to save even more. The only way to get this discount is go to lightstream.com slash sesca. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash C-E-S-C-A. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 4.98% APR. APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.50% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash Seska for more information. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska! Guess what? Metal is still a thing. Still happen. It's one of the last, the last chart-topping aspects of rock and roll. That and, and country music. I don't know. How that, I don't know how that works. This I wouldn't the, even classify it. I just like it. Yes, this is the great Metal Birds. The most difficult girl in the world is the name of the song from their album titled Four. This is the number four. TheMetalBirds.com is the name of the uh, website. Uh, bobseska.com slash music to submit brand new indie music countdown our may 2022 indie music countdown now available for your listening yeah. pleasure turn down uh turn down 
Roll down your windows is what I'm desperately trying to say here. Roll down your windows and turn up the volume. Right. <laughs> because there are a lot of great summer songs in there. So I've got a, a nice first crop of potential summer songs. And uh, I know a few right offhand in that uh, indie music countdown that are going to be it's, in our songs of the summer list. It's an oasis, Bob. It's an oasis. It's Thank a, you. It's a place for everybody to escape to and a darn nice place at that. Yes. Uh, no politics, except maybe nope. in the lyrics to some of the songs. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. We just I just play music for an hour, and it's uh, one of my favorite shows uh, every month. It's just uh, a blast to do. It's uh, kind of reconnecting with my DJ roots. And so is this. How about this for a segue? And so uh, is Gaslit on the yes. <laughs> Stars oh Network. Because for the first time ever, uh, Buzz and I are being treated to a dramatic portrayal of G. Gordon Liddy that's more than just a cameo. Um, there, Oh, yeah, I, I take it back. There was the, uh, what was it, a, like a made-for-TV movie about his book? Was that uh, something that I, I think happened? so. I'm, I'm not even sure. The book was Will, and I'm not even yeah. sure I saw that just because I knew it was, you know, his BS. And uh, this, I think, is a... This, I think, in Gaslit is a, a more accurate telling of, uh, of, of you know, his experience in, in prison. And it includes the actual letters uh, that he wrote to Francis, his wife, uh, who he chose because of her broad hips and mathematical knowledge. She had the best DNA to birth my sons. We left in tears. That is my and I'm disappointed. favorite thing in the world hearing you talk about Liddy. That is, and doing the impression is my favorite I, well, thing that you do. And here, and people, if you're watching this, you may be confused. Why do I do the high Maxwell Smart voice? And he, he speaks in these low, serious, uh, paced tones. In the Wait, show, the truth yeah. is he, he did both. Uh, the yeah. actor has correctly captured the Liddy who is uh, sometimes soft-spoken. Mm -hmm. But when he was excited about something, yeah. when he was enthusiastic about something, when he was doing a radio show, his voice went up like Maxwell Smart. Yes. And, and, and so you got a little bit of that, you know, and I'm disappointed that we haven't gotten to experience that in the show. No. Maybe they didn't listen to enough uh, G. Gordon Liddy uh, shows to, to, to get the feel for this. But but otherwise, it's amazing. Uh, the Gaslit is about Martha Mitchell and the, the campaign to make her look insane, which she might have have been uh and but it's also about liddy i'd say he's like yeah. the second most important character mm -hmm. in the story so far and thirdly equally but also very important john dean yes uh, who was liddy's nemesis because dean blew the whistle and as a rat and, uh, and although they both ended up in jail uh liddy ended up in a much crappier one a danbury connecticut and also uh, the dc jail for a very long time and uh, we just saw this uh, dramatic presentation and uh, bob the thing i want to say to you right away i texted you you'd seen it the night before I yes. texted you last night when I watched it <laughs> and and I was excited because we've been in the room with that man oh yeah yeah we've been we've had conversations with that man mm -hmm. we have worked across the glass from that man in a radio studio <laughs> and survived uh, and and we've done this for a substantial period of time yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 then to turn around and see Liddy's behavior in his jail cell uh -huh. in his solitary confinement cell <laughs> uh was just uh, incredible it was, a, it was just an amazing shocking yes. experience a shocking reminder of who we were standing in the room with back in the day yeah it's some of the most compelling and and maybe it's because we have the personal connection but i think objectively speaking it was immensely uh -huh. compelling oh, television anybody yeah would be riveted by this yes yes so he's he's obsessed with capturing this rat after he gets thrown into solitary confinement and so there's this rat that keeps coming in and he's got this whole history with rats if you read his book
book when he right. was a child. He claims to have, because of his fear of rats, claims mm-hmm. to have captured a rat and eaten some of it after yes. you know, skinning it and cooking it. Right. And so he's got this whole history with uh, vermin. And so he becomes obsessed with capturing this rat. And, you know, he's pulling apart his bed springs and stuff like mm-hmm. that to make a uh, an improvised rat trap. Yes, and- did a very nice job with that. <laughs> yes, he did. Until he got overzealous and went to dive for the rat across the room and landed his arm right into the rat trap, which was... <laughs> if if, yeah. if he had been as good at putting tape over door latches as he was in making that rat trap, he wouldn't be in that cell in the first place. <laughs> That's right. He was an incompetent, failed burglar. He and was. A, a mastermind who uh, was anything but. When I knew him, we would refer to him as like a small, cowardly old man, like a doddering Hit, old Hit, man. Hitler was a very small man <laughs> yeah. with, a, with a very dark mustache. Yeah. And it's clear from Liddy's background, it actually was even back when we worked with him, uh-huh. that uh, Hitler and Germany, uh, the... Hitler's Germany were were a big influence on Liddy. Oh yeah, uh, largely because of the nanny who raised him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so it's uh, it, it's just breathtaking. It, whether you've stood in the room with a man or not, uh, it's a, it's a scene you have to see. Yeah, uh, it's a series you have to see because the whole thing is compelling, top to bottom. <laughs> I like it much better than I ever thought I would. Oh, me too, me too. And my question with this is. Uh, how historically accurate is his time in prison there? Because at one point he bites off a guy's ear, and that's, I think, why he ends up in solitary confinement. And uh, I the, think but, but that I think happened, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's in his book. I don't remember him telling stories. Except he, for the letters that he wrote to yeah. his wife, Frances, during that period of time, who that's he right. sincerely married because of her broad birthing <laughs> hips and her... Uh, mathematical genius, which he thought would make the perfect DNA for the master race of children he was trying to raise. Plus the fact that when she made uh, icing for a cake, you could snap it like a twig. That was, (laughs) I guess she put wax in it or something like that. But, uh, uh, in, it's, yeah. And he was not, he, he refused to ever be called an inmate. Uh, oh, that's, in, please tell me, please. Wh- what was his thing about the nomenclature about prison? Inmates, inmates are in asylums. They're, <laughs> we're air in prison, we're prisoners. A jail has prisoners, an asylum has inmates. They're not the same thing. He was very staunch about this. Very important to him. And yeah. uh, how did he pronounce uh, Mer- Mercedes, Mer- Mercedes? <laughs> That was it, Mercedes. That's how he pronounced the car. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. He had all kinds of weird pronunciations. He knew. He knew the German pronunciation for everything. Again, I point to Hitler. Yeah. It was always talking about the uh, German fighter jet, the Messerschmitt. That's yes. how, and when his voice would go way like, up high. Just when like that. Messerschmitt. That's the Liddy we don't hear in Gaslit, but no, uh, no. I'm, I'm not disappointed even at that. Yeah. I, you know, I found, because I was trying to relate to Kimberly what Liddy sounded like <laughs> when we knew him. Yeah. And so I sent her a YouTube video of Liddy, I believe it was in 1996, on the uh-huh. Conan O'Brien show with oh, Don Rickles. It was Don Rickles <laughs> sitting next to G. Gordon Liddy on the Conan show. And he sounded and looked exactly like he did uh, when we knew him. He's got right, the, right. The, the nasally voice and everything like that. The so maybe black, thick mustache. <laughs> exactly right. And he had, you know what he had? He had a little teeny tiny comb. That yes. he would use after he would have his uh, lunch during the show. He would eat during the uh, commercial break on the show. Mm-hmm. And then he would take out this teeny time. It was almost like one of those Barbie combs. And he would comb the sandwich pieces out of his mustache. 
Uh, maybe that and, should be something in the Smithsonian. And 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 I and I got feeling badly that I was ever part of his show. Uh, you know, because like I said, I started my career by reporting on him. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Watergate, one of my first stories. He, in my mind, was one of the most evil men on the planet. And uh, who knew, twenty five years later, I'd be sitting in the Watergate Hotel doing that show with him. <laughs> anniversary I show know. where I cop the ashtray that I'm going to give to you that says oh, Watergate man. Hotel. It's not even a hotel anymore. It's a <laughs> condo and, and uh, an office complex now. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, yeah, yeah it's just it's just amazing to know that that happened and I feel oogie about it now. Mm -hmm. uh, but not nearly as oogie as CBS should feel for the millions it paid him oh, to yeah. do that radio show. Yeah, syndicated. On, na nationally syndicated show. And he, uh, on that CBS show, led a cult following. Yeah, uh, it's he, just it's just amazing. And uh, that moment in the show in Gaslit, <laughs> where he somehow digs through the wall, almost like Shawshank yes. Redemption style, yes. to find the rats, and he breaks through the wall into that a plumbing area, a plumbing where, area. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very much like Shawshank, and he ends up on the other side of the wall, and he sees the rat, and he notices the rat, and then he yells at the rat. He goes, "Ha!" And then the rat turns to him and goes, we "Ha!" We, we cut to a close-up of the rat with its arms raised, screaming along with Liddy. So very, very nicely executed. Oh I think that's, God, yeah. that's where you'll find your dramatic license in play, I think, probably. <laughs> right. uh, but but those letters to, to his wife, Frances, are very real. Uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> and then the thing I kept thinking about, and I'm not going to retell the whole story, but uh, I had this run-in with Liddy over that Letterman photo that you had right. sitting in your on the wall in your newsroom. <laughs> A stupid controversy that was. Yeah, and those of you who listen to the show for a while know this story. I'm not going to retell all of it, but suffice to say, I was not uh, one of Liddy's favorite people after that. I, right. I, Liddy asked me to take down the photo, and I said no, and then uh -huh. chaos ensued. <laughs> yes. And making matters worse, uh, one of the other interns and I took that Letterman photo and cut out a bunch of heads, made, photocopied a bunch of uh -huh. heads of David Letterman, cut out the heads, and then stuck them up all over the radio station to continue to troll in, him. Including including a giant one on an on a elevator door so that when he got in it and the doors closed, he would see this giant <laughs> Dave face yes. looking at it. But now that I look back, only someone who was 20, 21 years old would have done that to Gordon Liddy, someone as naive as I was. Because now that I know... Uh, or have a, a stronger glimpse of how psychotic he is. I mean, I had a pretty good indication that he was psychotic when we worked there. But yeah. now that I see this portrayal of him, and then I put everything into the same context, I go, holy, what the fuck was I doing screwing around with this guy? Why was I trolling this maniac? I don't know. I don't know. But you certainly won my admiration for that. Uh, that, that to this day, means a lot to me that you took that brave stand. I, nothing, I don't think anything would have happened to you, yeah. even if he is the reason we had to have bulletproof glass installed at the radio station. <laughs> That's right. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there was this other thing that happened where uh, <coughs> you came into work one day and you told me all about this dream that you had had about somehow you got your hands on a bumper sticker that said fuck Liddy uh -huh. and this was a I don't know there was more to the story but it, this story about this dream had a bumper sticker in itself that said fuck Liddy and before you had uh, some of these websites where you can go and make merch like that I right. went and like hand created yes, out of did. contact paper a bumper sticker that said fuck Liddy for you and, like, and <laughs> manifesting for your dream nice. yeah
Very nice. So and it is, lives on. One of us still has it. Did I give that back to you, or do no, I? No, I think have you. It? I think you still okay. have it. Then I do still have it. Yeah, 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 I wouldn't have. I would never throw it out. So yeah, I think it's, a, it's here. One point, you took a photo of it uh, and, yes, and sent it right. to me via that's text. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah um, but yeah. this is all to say that we would stand around in the newsroom, in your newsroom at WJFK, and talk endlessly about how nuts Gordon Liddy was. And so that was a, a an ongoing source of conversation. But but again, the thing the, the the big point to me out of this is that we've worked in close contact with that guy. We've yeah. been in the same room with him, been in the same studio with him. We've conversed with him, and last night we saw him screaming at rats. <laughs> yeah, and the rats screaming back, which is the yes. even funnier part of that. I even did a college radio show with his producer, with Cameron Gray. We did a show oh, yes. on, at, at yeah. George Mason University, a little college radio show while I was interning there. So our connection to uh, the Gordon Liddy show was was pretty tight, all things considered, <laughs> given our politics are diametrically well, opposed. Not, not to belabor this, and this is more for you than for the audience, but Cameron Gray was also a producer of a public affairs show that I did for WJFK. Yeah. And uh, he, it was his job to set up interviews for me in the public interest. And uh, I found out one week that uh, the interview he'd set up for me was about yams. <laughs> and, so you got a muster you know excitement about I, yams. I, I did a solid 20 minutes on yams. <laughs> because of course you did. Yes, because of course. Yeah, Cameron, I really like Cameron. Cameron and I, not only do we have the same birthday, I mean, literally the same day and the same right. year. We were born basically within the same 24-hour span. Uh, but we did this show together. He was a, a smart, funny guy, very, very nice guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was jealous as hell because uh, Chris Ann Baloulis was into him, not me, but that was a whole other story. <laughs> um, and now he's like... Like this wingnut who works for the NRA. So I don't know. What, yeah, I don't know, I don't what, know what happened says. there yeah. either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, people change. It's just exposure to Liddy. I honestly think because <laughs> he, he and, and another friend of ours there yeah. uh, started working with Liddy, and over that period of time, they changed. Yeah, yeah. not good. Uh, the Liddy disease was infectious. Yeah. Indeed. Um, okay, so Ted Cruz <laughs> and this other uh, senator, Bill Haggerty. Did it again. Those of you following the show know I'm I'm enjoying That's... my new collection hobby, which is to collect these Republican yes. tweets about the border and how they're saying they're actually accidentally complimenting Joe Biden's record mm -hmm. at the border in terms of stopping, uh, uh, you know, people from crossing, uh, stopping drugs coming across. So yesterday, this guy, Bill Haggerty, I say this guy, he's a United States senator, he tweeted, 1,292 pounds of fentanyl, which killed more than 100,000 Americans last year, was seized at our southern border in April, a more than 420% increase compared to April 2020. This is a crisis, and Biden needs to address it now. <laughs> okay. Where do we start? Yeah. Um, yeah. I... I am running out of things to say about this stupid, right. stupid thing. You, you saw my retweet of it yesterday yes. where I said, what, what part of seized don't you understand? Yeah. Uh, I, I retweeted uh, sort of analogies like uh, uh, thousands of cars stopped by traffic, uh, by red light at intersection, hashtag uh, traffic signal crisis. <laughs> Uh, because they're they're hashtagging it, and this is just part of the organized messaging yeah. of the Republican Party, and they know it means nothing. These, not all of these, some of those folks are stupid, mm -hmm. but but not all of these Republican lawmakers are stupid. Many of them, and certainly the 
people they're following yeah. are very smart, uh, like Ron DeSantis smart, in that they know how to manipulate people and people's emotions. And when I say people, I mean dumb people. Yeah. I mean un, un, uneducated people. Uh, they, it, It's not a question of uh, when you see a Republican post a lie like that and try to try to turn the truth upside down by saying that a success is a failure. Uh, it's It might be because they're stupid, but more likely it's because they know. They're not just hoping their voters are stupid. Mm -hmm. They know that they are. Yeah. And they're using that stupidity against uh, all of us uh, by, by tweeting that sort of thing. If the drugs are seized, it means the border is holding. It means Biden's doing a good job. In fact, a 420 percent better job than Trump did. Yes. Uh, and yet they're making it sound like because all these drugs were stopped at the border, we have a border crisis. Right. No, that means the border's working. And and I, it's important, and Bob's been doing this work, and, and I've been joining in, and I know other people have as well, in uh, just uh, making fun of this, of this ridiculousness, <laughs> of this stupid, <laughs> stupid lie. I don't get it. I want to know who came up with this. I want to know the origin of this. Yeah, but I wouldn't also, that be nice? I don't want to make too big a deal out of it because I'm afraid that they're going to stop doing it. And this is... Wonderful. Well, I, I've collected eh. maybe a dozen of these things now, maybe more. Be and careful what you wish for, because here's uh, something else I've read that I also subscribe. Yeah. And that is that uh, this is being done to foment violence, that violence is rumbling beneath the surface of this country. Yeah. And it includes violence against immigrants. And that's why the rednecks, the red hats, are being told over and over again, crisis at the border, mm -hmm. crisis at the border, Second Amendment rights, crisis at the border. What do you think the result of that's going to oh, be? Oh yeah, you're right. You know, right. and 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 so you put that with the insurrection hearings and you and the, the everything else that's going on. Uh, you know, yeah. I, there's I know there's been some talk about a possible second world war. I don't know that second civil war. Are, yeah, second civil war. Civil war. Yeah. thank you. Uh, but but uh, I don't think progressives are armed for it, and yeah. uh, so uh, you know it's a it's a very scary time, and that's why electoral victory is absolutely vital. Well, there's this other theory that I have for why they might be doing it this way, and that is to extend their reach, extend their social media reach for these tweets. Where there's a theory going around, Buzz, and I'm not sure if we've discussed this on the Tuesday show. There's a theory going around that says if you include mistakes oh, in yes. your social yeah. media, it actually extends the reach of your right. social media posts, your social media accounts, and so on, it actually puts it in front of more people because there are more interactions due to people correcting the mistake in the mentions. So uh, there's this theory that I have. Maybe they're being deliberately stupid about this in order to extend the reach of the message. So the reach expands based on all of us going, hey, that's dumb. And then what happens is the dummies who it's actually intended for see it and agree with it and don't notice how it actually complements Joe Biden. I don't so, know. Maybe. If, maybe if that's mistakes, If mistakes were the defining factor, I'd be the king of Twitter by now. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you know, maybe, uh, maybe. But, but I really think it's... It's about uh, spreading this lie to make Democrats look bad mm -hmm. and to, to try to make Democrats look bad, no matter how stupid it is. But they, it's the way they frame it. Yeah. Uh, they're stupid voters. They're stupid readers. 
will believe it. And so I think it's good that we're retweeting it. And it's not because the only mistake they've made in those tweets are, are factual, you know, where they where they just out and out lied and reversed the truth. Yeah. Uh, the, the rest of it has been, a couple of them anyway, have been relatively uh, mistake-free, including the ones from Ted Enrico Cruz. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I, I just, I think it's part of the riling up the base. And that, it comes at a very dangerous time, especially with the AR-15 situation in this country. Oh, yes. In fact, you mentioned uh, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. Go fuck yourself. Thank you, John Boehner. Uh, <laughs> he... Ted Enrico Cruz. <laughs> he, We're going to uh, just insert that in all of their names now. Yeah, I'm going to be Bob Enrique Sesca. Thank you very there much. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Ted Cruz tweeted, $7.1 million in meth seized at Laredo point of entry. Hashtag Biden border crisis. <laughs> Again, doesn't make any sense. Ted Cruz, right. go fuck yourself. Thank you. That's a, I can't play that one enough. Um, <laughs> once again, another example of this. They keep doing it and they keep doing it and they keep, they must see the mentions. I mean, they must see all of us going, hey, wait a second. But I, and I, you I think, think, I think I that would maybe change their mind about this line of attack? I don't know. I think. I think I retweeted that one as uh, hundreds of flies stopped at screen door, hashtag screen door crisis. You know? <laughs> nice. That's, you know, it, I, I want people, I think it, I hope it helps even the dumb among us to understand the, <laughs> the stupidity of, of that tweet. Right. Well, here we go. Unlike some podcasts, we have a couple of commercial breaks on our shows, but here's the best way to listen to the Bob Seska show without all of the commercials. Just go right now to our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com, scroll down to the link for the ultimate edition of the podcast and sign up for just $15 per month. In exchange for your generous support, we're going to give you a completely commercial free version of the Tuesday and Thursday shows, plus now as of last week, the Wednesday shows too. So Tuesday shows, commercial-free. Wednesday show, commercial-free. Thursday shows, commercial-free. Plus, you get the Shadow Docket show. That is going to be included as part of the audio file on Tuesdays and Thursdays. In other words, one mega show with the free portion and the Shadow Docket combined, exactly how it's recorded, and no commercial zilch. But wait, there's more things. You're also going to get the Friday After Party podcast with me and Kimberly Johnson, included that level of support, all for just $15 per month. Again, it's the ultimate edition of this podcast, bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it, send it to all your friends, and we thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Bob Seska plays more music. 
everybody. <laughs> you and I go strolling by the river. Nature has delivered another perfect day. Side by side we while away the hours. Watch the pretty flowers as they sway. And we talk. Oh, the great Dave Moulter, brand new single right here. This is called You and I. DaveMoulterMusic.com. To support Dave, go start downloading this one. Be one of your happier summer songs, I think. This All right. would cheer me up. This yeah. song would cheer me up, absolutely. Puts a big smile on my face. Okay, let's see here. The Arizona Republican Party is calling journalists domestic terrorists. You talk about inciting violence buzz. There you go. There's another great yeah, example against, of it. And now against journalists, yeah. Yeah, and this is what I fear, and I don't want to turn this into a thing where I'm, uh, you know, quote-unquote punching hippies or whatever, but when we start to make politics personal by getting into people's faces at restaurants and so on and, and pounding on their doors or whatever, and, and this is something that Jesse Waters at Fox News Channel was doing years and years ago while he was still still an intern on Bill O'Reilly's show or whatever. But this new in-your-face style of politics is going to, my fear is, it's going to start looping in those of us who have public faces on social media, podcasts, etc. And when you hear a Republican Party that is brazen enough to target journalists as quote-unquote domestic terrorists, I mean, have we degraded the language that much? that we're looking at members of the news media as terrorists. Oh, yeah. Well, Donald Trump called it the enemy of the people, yeah. uh, and, and they hold to that. And yeah. they, you know, that, that part of the American public was already uh, uh, dead. You know, we saw bumper stickers about the mainstream media long before we saw Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. So they were predisposed. Donald Trump uh, brought that into focus for them. Well, meantime, the Republicans have uh, issued a memo to uh, all of their operatives and the people who end up on uh, cable news and so on, and instructed them to ignore guns and to talk inflation. Yeah. And this is the super-duper cynical side of the Republican Party. I mean, so much of it is cynical. It's about manipulating people is what it is. And uh, this latest example is uh, from a strategy memo uh, and a series of private communications prepared for a variety of conservative candidates and organizations, uh, which was reviewed by Rolling Stone in the days following the Uvalde school massacre. Uh, the message was clear, according to Rolling Stone, change the topic to literally anything else and let this news cycle run its course. Right. Part of the uh, series of RNC pundit prep that typically lists the party's weekly political priorities. Mm -hmm. Here's the message. Stay cool, run out the clock, scare some gun nuts while you can. But, Initially, right. Yeah, but don't worry. This moment will be over soon. So mm -hmm. essentially mm -hmm. what the Republicans are doing is saying, yeah, American voters don't have the attention span to make this a priority for any longer than a week or so, and then something else comes along, and then they start gathering around that thing and, and forget about the other thing, the Uvalde guns thing. 
and we're just going to wait till that moment in time happens, and then we're going to proceed with our ridiculous uh, pro-Trump agenda. And so uh, that's it. As I said last week, uh, we've just come off of two horrible mm-hmm. mass shootings. I mean, there have been many others. Uh, yes. Uh, been what, what, a dozen, more than a dozen in the last couple of days, over the weekend, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and, and it's every weekend is like that. We're just, we're starting to pay more attention to it now, thankfully. Uh, but we've come off these two really high-profile mass killings. In mm-hmm. Buffalo and in Uvalde, and uh, we're not going to let that go. No, uh, uh, especially after, and I think it's underscored by the lack of response by police at, at all levels, uh, in nearly all locations. Uh, it just made this intolerable. Uh, so many of us are saying what the president said, which is enough. And uh, so I don't think it's going to be forgotten. We can't let it be forgotten. We're talking about it again this week, and we're going to keep talking about it, as we know you are, yeah. uh, until we get what this country needs to protect uh, our children and everyone else. There was a video floating around, I don't know if you saw it, on uh, Twitter a uh, couple of days ago, Buzz, where there was uh, the grandfather of one of the shooting victims yes. that you know. Oh, yes, yes, uh, yes At yes. one of the memorials, one of the impromptu memorials set up mm-hmm. uh, for the victims, and he was clearly quite distraught and he was pleading with some of the police officers who were there why they didn't do anything and it was yeah, one of the most yeah. heartbreaking pieces of video that I've ever seen in my I, history on the internet. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And yeah. uh, although I, I'll make no attempt to reenact it, he pointed at a, a sign of flowers, a memorial. Uh, it was a, along with a lot of other kids' memorials. Yeah. And he pointed to this one particular sign. and said, that was my granddaughter. Wow. He said, you know, we, we raised her. You you told her, you the police and, and we the parents and the school, we, we told her, if you're ever in trouble, call 911. Mm-hmm. And she did that, and you did nothing. Wow. She's dead. My granddaughter is dead, and you did nothing. My God. And he said, uh, arrest me, kill me, but you did nothing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and the officers stood there and listened. I don't know, uh, you know, if, if it got through or if it means anything to them or if they feel badly about this. As you know, the Uvalde... Uh, police, the Uvalde school system police have uh, stopped cooperating with investigators. Uh, there's a great cover-up underway there. And it, that just, that puts salt in the wounds of the deaths that we've endured and that we continue to endure uh, because of uh, out-of-control guns that the Founding Fathers never ever intended. Yeah, you know what they should, the cops should have said what the Republicans are recommending, which is to stay cool. Uh, but don't worry, this moment will be over soon. They should have said right. to that grandfather. Uh, meantime, the next one. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of gun violence, uh, a mother has been charged with manslaughter after wow. a two-year-old fatally shoots her own father with a Glock 19 handgun. Mm-hmm. It's unclear Jeez. how the boy managed to get the Glock, but his mother acknowledged that, quote, any child in the room could have figured out how to get the gun out of the bag. And one of the reasons I'm bringing up this story from the New York Times is that Republicans are recommending that teachers be armed, that there be more guns right. in schools, not fewer guns. And go wrong. Yeah. And Buzz, you know as well as anyone that kids find a way. Kids will find a way to those guns, whether it's finding the code for the safe or whatever, the locker. Uh, and eventually, some kid will get his hands on one of those firearms earmarked for teachers, and he'll shoot up the school and kill a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, inevitable. In, in, in recent years, I, I wish I had the numbers directly in front of me, but yeah. the numbers I saw were 59 police officers killed by guns over a recent period of time. In the wow. same period of time, 
well over 2,000, perhaps nearly 3,000 children killed by guns. It happens almost every day. Yeah. This is a particularly high-profile, particularly painful case. First of all, as has been pointed out, you have a child who's lost both parents now, one dead, one in jail and soon to be prison. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the knowledge that this two-year-old will carry all their lives that uh, they killed daddy. Yeah, with a gun, exactly, and and uh, you know, and then you think about the mother who, by God, losing her uh, husband like that, and and having it uh, executed by her two year old son, mm -hmm. uh, you know, isn't hasn't she been punished enough? Sadly, no. Yeah. Sadly, this is a message we have to send to parents about responsible and safe gun ownership. Uh, it's just, and it's more proof that responsible gun owners that we hear about so much frequently are not. I know there are people who have the gun locks and the gun safes, and, and mm -hmm. we appreciate that. We thank you for that. But uh, you, you have way more of these situations uh, where a child can reach into a bag, pull out a gun, and kill their father at, at the when they were two years old. There was this loony Republican congressman from Texas, strangely enough, uh, from... Texas? Yeah, uh, crazy. He was from Ron Paul's old district, and his name was Steve wow. Stockman. And for a while there, he was handing out bumper stickers to his supporters that said, fuck Liddy. No, I'm kidding. He said, <laughs> the bumper stickers said, if babies had guns, there'd be fewer abortions. And my response to that Every time I would see that bumper sticker pop up on social media was yeah. babies already have guns. Babies are shooting their parents and shooting yeah. each other with those yeah. firearms in yeah, a house. Know. I mean, this is the truth about having a gun for protection in your home. I collected some statistics Good. here about Let's this. Let's do this. In a Gallup survey conducted in August 2019, gun owners were most likely to cite personal safety or protection as the reason they own a firearm. So right. there's your setup, this illusion of safety that we're fooling ourselves into believing will occur with a firearm in the house. But guns kept in homes are more likely to be involved in a fatal or non-fatal accidental shooting, criminal assault, or suicide attempt than to be used to injure or kill in self-defense. Think about that. You are more likely to be killed by your firearm than a home intruder. You are the most likely victim of your own gun. That's right. Approximately one in three guns in homes with children is kept loaded and unlocked. One in three guns in homes with children is kept loaded and unlocked. In a 2017 study published in Science, Philip Levine and his colleague Robin McKnight found that where gun sales increased after Sandy Hook, rates of accidental deaths rose too. They estimated that 60 additional people, including 20 children, Steve Stockman, were killed in the aftermath of Sandy Hook because of the excess guns people purchased. Right. Right. Mo for, a pro for a profit, by the way. The wind can change, and it increases gun sales. Every yeah. time uh, Democrats speak on the subject, any time a Democratic <laughs> candidate throws their hat into the ring, any time there's a mass shooting, uh, people, the answer is, let's let's go buy more guns. There you go. Uh, uh, it's, it's absolute madness. It only happens here in the United States. Uh, there's, there's something terribly wrong in, with the fabric of this country yeah. uh, that we're so attached to, to guns that we're willing 
to allow children to die and to kill each other and yeah. sometimes their parents. Please stop deluding yourself about these things. Most parents don't think their child knows where their gun is stored, but when researchers mm -hmm. ask children directly, 40% of these same children are able to correctly identify the location of the gun. Yeah, parents sure. also often incorrectly believe their child has never handled their gun, when in reality, 36% of children say they have. Think about this in terms of schools, too. Mm -hmm. uh, more than 80% of guns used by youth in suicide attempts were kept in the home of the victim, a relative, or a friend. And finally, gun owners in a household are more likely to report that their gun is stored unlocked and loaded compared to the non-owners in those households. This suggests a need for better education of household members regarding safe storage in homes with children. But we all know, we all know exactly what happens when anyone tries to recommend the right thing to do in this country. Don't you tell me what to do right. with my guns in the privacy of my own home. I'm, I'm going to tell you what to do. You won't tell me what I have to do. <sighs> yeah. I, I, I want to squeeze in. I hear the closing music, but I want to squeeze in a story here. Sure. About, I, I have two uh, two people in my life or formerly. One is a former friend. One is a current friend. Mm -hmm. uh, they are both recently widowed. And uh, wow. what their wives did not know when they were alive was that their husbands owned guns and kept them in the house. Wow. Now, one of the men is uh, very stable, is doing very well, Very couldn't be more responsible. He's been a public servant. I know this guy. I trust this guy. I don't worry about him. I n I'm no longer in contact with the other gentleman uh, who also had a gun uh, that his wife wasn't aware of and had it when she died. And he is not so stable. And uh, so I, I don't know what has or will happen to him. Uh, but I think about both of these men. And I think about the fact that uh, you have a three times greater chance of committing suicide if you have a gun in the house. Yep. It's right there. The temptation yeah. is there. You, you know, you can just you can see it. someone who is maybe predisposed to uh, a bipolar condition, some sort of right. mental illness. Maybe right. you combine that with drugs and alcohol, or one or the other, and you know you end up late at night and. You just envision, I know this is a work of fiction, but you envision like in Lethal Weapon with Mel Gibson sitting there on his couch with the, the picture of his dead wife and a firearm at his side and sticking it in his mouth and just right. bringing himself right up to the brink. And, it happens. You know, people people do that Ch all the time. Ch children get shot, uh, yeah. shoot each other, uh, people take their own lives. Uh, this is the most dangerous thing you can have in your home. That's how the babies get the guns, Steve Stockman, you asshole. Thank God that but guy's in prison. We're, we're going to need your ID for this Sudafed. <laughs> and he is not an inmate. Inmates are in mental institutions. All right. Well, uh, the Shadow Docket Show is coming up next on our Patreon page. I've got yes. a gigantic polegasm. I got a bunch of poll results here to Ooh. talk about. Beth on our Patreon page is going to love me after today's uh, Shadow Docket. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Plus, uh, oh, Joe Biden sets another record. We're going to talk about that. Uh, something out of the Florida Supreme Court and gerrymandering. Uh, wow. And uh, a whole lot of other stuff here, too. <laughs> Yeah. You're just going to have to listen and find out. $5 a month to sign up for the Shadow Docket on our Patreon page. That's bobsuskashow.com. Run, don't walk, do it now. And we'll see you over there, folks. Take care. Have a great day. Bye-bye.